Hello, friends. Welcome. It's good to be with you. This is week three of our simulcast from First Baptist Alameda. We're glad that you've joined us. You might be thinking, wow, we're getting really casual here. Look at you in a Harley Davidson t-shirt. But I would put that right back on you and say, look, it's what, 11 o'clock on Sunday and you're not even out of your pajamas yet. This has changed our lives in significant ways, hasn't it? And we're watching the news and we're waiting to see. We're hearing that uh, things are going to get worse before they get better. And so that scares us. This is a time when we're afraid, when we don't know what's happening. We don't know what's going to happen. As of this taping, just about an hour ago, a news story came out about a care facility in Orinda with 27 positive cases of COVID-19. We're hearing more and more about it across the country. We're hearing that the numbers are going to continue to grow. It's going to peak later in April. It's going to peak in May or later in the summer. We just don't know. So we're waiting and watching. We're doing our part, staying home like we're supposed to. Uh, social distancing, it's the name of the game. And one of the things that comes with that is that we're separated, but we're trying to bring us together a little bit through the use of this simulcast. I met with the board this week. We had a Zoom meeting, and one of the things that we decided was we needed your help. I'm hearing from a lot of people, a lot of us are hearing that people feel disconnected, disenfranchised, isolated, people feel alone. We want news, we want to know what's going on, so this is where we need your help. We'd like for you this week to submit a video, uh, just a very brief video of your family in your element, at home, wherever you are, together or separate, just a very brief video clip, and you can send that to Jaden. You can email it to him or you can text him. And when those come in, he's going to compile them. We're going to put those into the introduction to our Easter Sunday service. Now, I know we haven't forgotten that Easter's coming, right? This is our Palm Sunday service right here. That means the countdown to Easter. And with Easter is spring and newness and celebration and resurrection. And the coronavirus does not stop Easter. So we're gonna celebrate. We're going to have a great time together, but we need your help. Please send in those videos. Now, I asked you for prayer requests, and I only got a couple. I'm going to share those with you in just a moment. But I need you to participate. It's going to be an encouragement to us to see you. So please send a brief video clip. You can make it funny. You can make it serious. It can be an encouragement or a challenge or just a picture of you. Please submit that. The information's here on your screen. Take a moment this week to do it. We need them by Wednesday. Wednesday, April 8th is the deadline for submissions. Please do that. This is going to help bring us together, give us a sense of connection that is really what we're all looking for. Isn't it? I think so. Well, let's turn to prayer. We want to take a few moments just to share uh, what's going on, what we can be praying about. Again, like I've said, we're hearing about increasing uh, instances of coronavirus. Maybe there's folks that you know or people that you're hearing of that are testing positive. I got this request from our friend Kathy Swenson. 
Kathy has a friend, her name is Emma de Guzman. She's in New York and Emma lost her husband to COVID-19 and she's also in the hospital. She's tested positive and she's fighting for her life. Would you join with me in praying for Emma de Guzman? And let's also be thinking about our seniors. I mention this every week, but it bears repeating. Please pray for our seniors. Please pray for those who are vulnerable. I came across this poem, just a line from it is really good. It says, history will remember when the people fought for their old and their weak, protected the vulnerable by doing nothing at all. So let's keep in mind what we're doing and why we're doing it. When we start to get bored, when we start to go crazy, when we start to want to go out and do something, let's remember why we're doing it. We want to be responsible. We want to be model citizens. We want to be people of faith. And we want to be a people who in this time find faith and find ways of trusting God that are maybe new and different than we've ever experienced before. This is a different time, right? It's different in so many ways. Today, for lunch, I had a bowl of movie theater butter, microwave popcorn, and a Diet Coke. Because I could, right? I can do whatever I want. The normal rules don't apply. I did have a responsible breakfast, and I'm probably going to have a responsible dinner. But every once in a while, we can just do something like that. And let's, let's mix up our routines a little bit. Let's get outside. Let's try to take a walk and get some fresh air. That's the kind of stuff that we need, right? It's also a time for new patterns and new routines and rituals in our lives. I hope that you're journaling. This is a great opportunity to be writing things down because years down the road, we're going to want to look back and see what we learned through this experience. What happened for us? What changed in our life and in our world? Let's take time to write about that. Congratulations to our friend Jeanette Calixto. Jeanette is in Australia with her daughter Courtney, and they are celebrating the birth of baby Camila, just under six pounds. She came into the world this week, and I understand that her big sister Lily is already reading books to her. Congratulations, Jeanette, and blessings to you, to Courtney, and to the family. We're thinking about you. I came across this. I thought it was great. <clears throat> In Isaiah chapter 50 and verse 4. It's uh, one of the passages in the Older Testament that has messianic overtones. And it talks about Jesus as the perfect, obedient servant of God. But it really resonated with me in terms of what I'm trying to do for you. It says, the Lord God has given me the tongue of a teacher that I may know how to sustain the weary with a word. Morning by morning he wakens, wakens my ear to listen as those who are taught. And that's been my prayer. I want to be that listener because I want to receive a word that will sustain the weary. And that's what I want to talk about in looking ahead to our message this morning, is naming the pain, the individual and personal, but also the collective pain that we're experiencing. Naming it, getting it out, and finding comfort. 
finding a way to experience faith in a way that we've never experienced it before. So I want to take some time to pray with you. I want to encourage you also to be praying for families. And I want to let you know if you are among those essential workers that is still out there doing what you do every day, getting up, getting dressed, going to work, saving lives. I want you to know, and we have healthcare people in our congregation, we've got your back. We're praying for you, we love you, and we're supporting you. And we're staying home so that you can do what you do for the benefit of the greater good. So why don't you join me, take a minute, and let's pray together. God, we thank you on this day for our daily bread. Thank you for the ways, God, in which you enrich and enliven our lives. God, we thank you in the midst of this storm for what you're doing and what you're continuing to do. God, these are somber times, and we're concerned. We're concerned for the lives of our friends. We're concerned for those who are vulnerable. We're concerned for families, God, that we're far away from. God, we pray in these days that you would teach us, that you would grow us, God, that you would sustain our weary souls with a word from your word. God, teach us, lead us, enlighten us. Help us, God, to be more compassionate, to be more understanding. God, give us patience with our increased irritability during these times. Help us, God, to be concerned about the people around us. Help us to take care of ourselves. Help us to be an encouragement. God, we thank you that you're in control. We thank you as we enter into this Easter season, God, that we can look to you for new life, for hope, for resurrection. We thank you, Lord Jesus Christ, that you are risen and that you are the resurrection and the life. We look to you. We wait on you. In Jesus' name, amen. We are. We are a chosen generation. Rise up, holy nation. God, we live for you. You have called us out of darkness into light so glorious. God, we live for you.
Well, as I mentioned earlier, these are painful times. It's the pain that we experience as individuals as a result of our routines and rituals and basically every aspect of our life being upended as a result of the coronavirus. But also there's the collective pain, and I know that this is something that you're aware of. It's that sort of low-grade buzz everywhere that you go. People just seem to be on edge and that's because we're waiting and watching and wondering and no one knows for sure exactly how this thing is going to end, when it's going to end and what is going to be the impact of it. So it frightens us. We have all of these conflicting emotions and we don't know what to do with them. The Psalms offer us sort of a roadmap of how to have emotional and spiritual integrity in the midst of challenging times. And one of the passages that the lectionary recommends for this week is from Psalm number 31. Psalm 31 points forward to the passion of Jesus. Psalm 31 anticipates his experience through the eyes of David who originally penned the psalm. It speaks of the suffering of Christ and suffering is something that we can really relate to in these times. I want to begin smack dab in the middle of the psalm with verse 9. Verse 9 is a request. David says, Be gracious to me, O Lord, for I am in distress. Can you think of a line that might resonate more with us than that one? We're experiencing distress on every front. All of the conflicted emotions that we feel and experience 
are, result, uh, are as a result of the uncertainty that we experience related to what's going on. And like the psalmist, David, we need God's grace. We need for God to be gracious to us. It sounds almost too silly to point out, but God's the only one that can save us. God's the only one that can make a difference. Our hope and our trust is in God. But before we get to the critical place of faith or resting confidently in the assurance of God, we have to name where we are. We have to talk about the pain. And the psalmist models that for us. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for I am in distress. A general sense of disease. He names it for us. And then begins to alliterate more specifically. He said, my eyes waste away from grief. Have you ever had that experience where you've literally cried your eyes out? Maybe you've had that experience recently as a result of the events that are going on. Maybe you've just got up one morning. I know I did. And usually start the morning in a certain kind of way, but for whatever reason this morning, that morning, I just grabbed the phone and I started to scroll through the news and it just hit me. And I just had this overwhelming sense of sadness. And there were tears. And I thought about my kids. And I thought about my people, wherever they are around the world. And it concerned me. We have those moments. I want to give you permission to have those moments. Take that time when it comes. And I'm not saying you have to bawl your eyes out. I didn't do that. I might have sniffled a little bit. Real men don't cry. They do. Don't let anyone tell you that. Real men do cry. But anyways, he said, my eyes waste away from grief. He talks about the sorrow. My soul and my body also. This is not just a purely emotional experience. It affects all of us. My soul, he said, and my body also. Listen, verse 10. My life is spent with sorrow and my years with sighing. My strength fails because of my misery. And my bones waste away. David speaks about his own situation. Prophetically, it looks ahead to the passion of Jesus and to his suffering. But right now in 2020, it fits us. And we work our way into the experience of this psalm. And we name our pain. We name the sorrow. Maybe we've experienced loss. Maybe we're going to experience the loss of people that we love. And then there's just this ripple effect that comes with a pandemic, right? It's right there in the Word. It's huge. It's worldwide. It's China. It's Europe. It's the United States. It's everyone, everywhere, experiencing this same sense of loss and, and helplessness because we have no control. David talks about the years that he experienced it, and, and we're only experiencing this now days and weeks and potentially for months. 
the ripple effect could be felt for years. This is serious business. And it's okay if you feel a little sad about that. It's okay if you feel out of sorts. It's okay if something is just a little off and you don't know. Take some time. That's what the psalmist models for us. Emotional integrity. I want to take time to understand what I'm experiencing. I want to take time to unpack it. And guess what? We've got time, right? You've got a lot of time. Get outside and take a walk. Do some journaling. Talk to people you love. Think about the time that you're not spending in traffic or going here or running errands or going out to restaurants. We've got time. We've never had enough time. Now we've got time. And if this is bothering you, I want you to take time to address that. Name the pain. That's what the psalmist shows us. So he talks about this general sense of disease and sorrow, and he just doesn't feel right. His body's affected. His soul's affected. He doesn't know. He becomes even more specific in verse 11. He says, I'm the scorn of all my adversaries, a horror to my neighbors, an object of dread to my acquaintances. Those who see me in the street flee from me. We might look at the psalmist David and we might think that he's delusional or that he's paranoid. Or maybe he really did have that experience where everyone in the street ran away from him. And listen, I want to look at, through this lens, the other side of social distancing. It's a good thing. We're supposed to do it. There's tape lines at the store. Stay six feet away from me. And we're doing this for the common good. But there's something that comes with that. There's something that's depersonalizing about that. And you experience that as you walk along the path and someone comes and they go around you, right? People don't even want to be close to one another. And there's an impact that might not be felt right away, but there's a cumulative impact that comes with that. We experience this sense of isolation. That's one of the things that we're hearing as we talk to people. We feel alone. We're, we're so used to being with people and interacting with people and all of a sudden all of that is disrupted and we don't have human contact. We're made to touch and to be touched. There's something therapeutic and healing about that. And guess what? It's not happening right now. And it hasn't been happening for a couple of weeks, and it might not be happening for a couple of weeks to come. That's why we need to take care of ourselves. We need to find ways to nurture ourselves and one another. Different ways, creative ways, right? Our board met this past week by Zoom. Only Henry and I were in the same room. Everyone else was at home through their computer. That's the way we're doing things. How can you reach out and touch someone? How can you do a virtual hug? How can you care for yourself 
when you feel alone and isolated. This psalm echoes that. I was seeing it all week as I was reading through it. Verse 12, he says, I've passed out of mind like one who is dead. I've become like a broken vessel. For I hear the whispering of many, terror all around, as they scheme together against me, as they plot to take my life. Here's where we look at this through our contemporary lens, and we think David's paranoid, he's crazy, he's delusional, he thinks that everyone's out to get him. But as we read the Older Testament narrative about David and Samuel, we realize that he really was running for his life a lot of the time. And it might not be that way for us. Might not be anyone out to get us, but guess what? There's something going on, and it makes us feel uneasy. Like he talks about terror all around, the whispering. Don't we hear that? Did you hear this? What about that? They're saying this. Did you read that? Here, check this out. All of this conjecture, all of the news that comes out on a daily basis, it's frightening. Sometimes you need to turn that television off. Put your phone away. Get outside. Get with people that you live with, I guess. That's the only person you're going to have contact with. Spend time with those folks. Process what's going on. Take, away, take, take some time away. Because this impacts us in ways that we don't even realize. And I think we're just now beginning to see the cumulative impact of this and the ripple effect that it has in our world, in our culture, in our times. But what's most important is the way that we're experiencing it on an individual level. I want you to name the pain and in doing so. You come with the psalmist to the place of trust, and we find that in verse 14, resolve, but I trust in you, O Lord. I say, you are my God. What does it mean to have faith in the midst of what's going on in our world? Faith, one writer said, is the subtle chain which binds us to the infinite. Faith is the subtle chain which binds us to the infinite, meaning that we all are finite, God is infinite, and faith is a subtle chain that connects us to him. I trust in you. The psalmist says, I say you are my God. Faith is a personal individual experience. We see it throughout the psalm. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. Psalm 27, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Do you see how intensely personal it is? Maybe we've just settled into this subtle understanding that God is this distant, impersonal force that's out there somewhere that's not biblical faith. Biblical faith is intimately, personally acquainted with God. It's grasping on to him in the midst of everything that we're experiencing. The psalmist says, you are my God and I trust in you. 
There's not a lot that we can bank on these days. God is that rock, that fortress, that place of refuge for us where we can go and be comfortable and be nourished and be encouraged in our faith. David affirms in verse 15, my times are in your hand. I love that. Our times are in God's hands in terms of mortality. We're not going to live a day longer than God's design for us. And we're trusting in God. We're covered by Him. We're safe and secure in Him. And Easter faith reminds us that there is a life beyond this life, that this is not all we get, that we don't close our eyes in death and, and are gone forever. We open our eyes into the resurrection life, the life eternal that Jesus Christ came to offer us. So we can take solace in the fact that our lives here and now are in God's hands. He's got you covered. At the end of the day, God is with us. God is our refuge. We trust in him. David looks for deliverance. Deliver me from the hand of my enemies and persecutors. And he concludes with this refrain, Let your face shine upon your servant. Save me in your steadfast love. David recognized the reality that God is our only salvation. God's the only one that can save us. God's the only one that can make a difference in our lives. That's why we trust in Him. And trust means not to just sit idly by and wait for something to happen, wait for God to do what only God can do. God has given us a brain, a heart, a mind to know Him, to serve Him, to love Him, to make compassionate, wise, good decisions, and to live out our faith in meaningful and productive ways. That's what God's calling us to in these days. At the end of the day, He's our only hope. So we can trust Him with the uncertainty that we feel. We can entrust our sorrow to Him. He can take it. His shoulders are broad. We can trust God with the uncertainty that we experience. We can trust God with financial reversal. when We don't know how we're going to get through to the next day or the next week. God says, trust in me. These are times that are unprecedented. None of us living now has experienced anything like this before in our adult lives. We're in uncharted waters. It's unprecedented. And it's an occasion that calls for bold faith and trust. And that bold faith might issue in this action, do nothing at all. Stay home. Rest securely. Pray for those that you love. Pray for those who are suffering and try to make a difference in this world. My friends, the Lord bless you and keep you. 
The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you his peace. Darkness 
feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. I worship you. 